Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Kia ora everybody. Well, today is the 15th day of 2023. It's about now, two weeks and one day since the year began, that our New Year's resolutions, if you made any, begin to fade. Like some of you, I'm sure, I made a resolution about losing weight. But unlike some of you, I have a target because I have to fit my suit and look great on the 19th of March when our daughter Sophie gets married to Roman. A few days ago, Joe walked into our bathroom and saw me weighing myself on our bathroom scales. Like some of you men do, I was sucking in my stomach. And she said to me, a little sarcastically, you're not going to weigh less by sucking your stomach in. Maybe not, I replied, but it sure helps me see the numbers. (laughs) What I know is that to meet my objective of fitting my wedding suit in just a little over two months, I actually have to apply what I learn about losing weight because I'm super good at doing what most of us do. I Google best way to lose weight and read copious amounts of advice, all claiming to be the simplest and most effective. The one thing they have in common is that they all ask for my credit card number, of course. But realistically, the best way for me to reach my objective is to simply eat less rubbish. But that's easier said than done, right? Particularly over summer. The book of Proverbs in the Bible is a little bit like this. You know, we like to read it and pull out the odd verse that says something profound about some aspect of our lives. But putting it into action, well, that's always a little more difficult. There's a lot of truth to the saying that Christians love to linger in the land of the theoretical. We often like to keep Christianity at an abstract level rather than at an application level. Perhaps our greatest failure as Christians is not that we know too little, but that we fail to do what we know we should. This month, we're looking at Proverbs chapter 3, where Solomon starts with the words in verses 1 to 2, My children, do not forget my teaching, but Keep my commands in your heart, speaking on behalf of God, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity, which is not the money type of prosperity, more of a thriving in life. Following this introduction, there are at least 10 pertinent phrases of advice that help us form 10 New Year resolutions that encourage us to deepen our relationship with God. We hope that these resolutions might be the kind of ones that stick What is important to know is that the emphasis of Proverbs is on both the acquisition of wisdom and the application of it. Seldom do we find ourselves in church in this book, but rather in the home, on the job, and dealing with the mundane matters of daily living. The resolutions that we're looking at this month are action resolutions. They're they're applied. They have legs. Should we choose to embrace them? Over the past two Sundays, Caleb and Ethan have looked at the first four. Caleb talked about the first two, keep God's commands on our hearts, 
and let love and faithfulness never leave us. And then last week, Ethan talked about the next two. Trust in the Lord and in all your ways submit to him and honor the Lord with our lives for everything comes from him. Today, I'm continuing to add two more resolutions that rightly applied will help our spiritual life perhaps go deeper than what we've known before. And who doesn't want that for those of us that are on a a spiritual journey? So we continue in Proverbs chapter 3, where we read in verses 11 to 12. My children, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. You know, my first reading of this proverb pretty much wants me to stop at the fourth resolution. No one wants to be disciplined and rebuked. Perhaps then we could put these verses into simpler language. We could say that resolution number five for 2023 is this. I will accept that the Lord knows best. This is, of course, not easy. But what we need to note is that the repeated word discipline in this passage is the Hebrew word musar, and its translation here is primarily that of teaching and correction. Let's be clear that this is not punishment. We know that because Proverbs chapter 2 and Proverbs chapter 3 start with the affectionate phrase, my child. These chapters are bathed in love like a parent has for their child. If you're a parent, you'll know what I mean. And if you're a child, well, wait till you're a parent. (laughs) Solomon's tone in Proverbs is the same as Moses' tone in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 5, where he says, Know then in your heart that as a person disciplines their child, so the Lord your God disciplines you. It's love. What you might be surprised to know is that one of the great themes in the wider book of Proverbs is that those who embrace discipline or rebuke from God, rather than resenting it, are described as being wise and walk the path that gives life, while those who don't accept correction from God are described as being on a a destructive path. The warnings in the book book of Proverbs against rejecting correction or discipline in our lives are are actually staggering. A few examples are this. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17 says, Whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Or chapter 13 verse 18, Whoever disregards discipline comes to, to poverty and shame. Or chapter 12 verse 1, The person who hates correction is stupid. Or chapter 15 verse 5, A fool spurns discipline. Or chapter 15, verse 10, stern discipline awaits anyone who leaves the path. The one who hates correction will die, not literally, but in their hearts. Or chapter 15, verse 32, those who disregard discipline despise themselves. I mean, there are some strong figurative words in there. But just as astounding are the promises of blessing to those who embrace correction or discipline from God. Proverbs 1, verse 23 Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. Or chapter 10, verse 17. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life. Chapter 12, verse 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Chapter 13, verse 18. Whoever heeds correction is honored. Chapter 15, verse 5. Whoever heeds correction shows prudence. 
or chapter 15, verse 32. The one who heeds correction gains understanding. Chapter 15, verse 31. Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Or towards the end, Proverbs 29, verse 1. Whoever remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. I mean, um, ouch, those words, figurative that they are, are powerful. You see, this is a huge theme within wider wisdom literature, which goes as far as to say in beautiful poetic language in Proverbs 25, 12, that like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. Listen to that again slowly. That like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. What the wider theme in Proverbs is trying to tell us is that correction from God is good for us because he knows best. But how hard is that to accept? The challenge that we face is that we increasingly live in a blame culture where we're taught not to accept fault for our actions, that whatever happens to us is the result of someone or something else. One of the most classic examples of this is that we're taught to never accept fault in a car accident because it might affect our insurance claim. But as Solomon says in verse 12 that we read earlier, the Lord disciplines those he loves. And if we flick into the New Testament, this is affirmed by what Paul writes to Timothy in his second letter, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, where we read, All Scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Call it discipline, rebuke, correction, teaching, training, or whatever other words are used in scriptures that I haven't looked at. Let's not miss what makes these things distinctively Christian and a gift to our souls. Correction from God is a, is a great act of love, because the kind of rebuke that the scriptures commend is the kind intended to stop us from continuing on a destructive path and is the kind that equips us for, for God's purposes. I wonder what correction might look like for you this year. What parts of your character do you think God might want to work on? Is it accepting that you've withheld forgiveness from someone who has hurt you? I'm not saying it's an easy process all the time, but... Forgiveness is a healing one. Perhaps the words that you use don't honor God around your friends. Are you open to being corrected in a way that might honor God? Or maybe your attitudes to people who are different from you leave a few things to be desired. God's word speaks into that. Are you open to change that might enable you to see people as Jesus does? Of course, I, I can't tell you what it is. But the Holy Spirit can. And I reckon some of us might intuitively know right now what we need to work on. And we might need to accept that God does know best. And then we come to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 15, that just kind of builds on what we've been talking about. It says, Blessed are the people who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Perhaps to put that in simpler language, we could say that resolution number six for 2023 
is this. I will seek God's wisdom to gain understanding and life from it. The call to accept discipline and not to resent rebuke is immediately here, followed by a a hymn-like poem. The word blessed frames verses 13 to 18. That is a whole section that extols the supreme worth of woman wisdom. Read it in its entirety. Verse 13 to 18 makes a powerful cry to seeking the wisdom of God. Blessed are the people who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she, God's wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. These words remind us of the other writings in the Bible, particularly in the Psalms, of people who eagerly desire the wisdom of God to pervade their lives. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 127 to 131. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Your statutes are wonderful. Therefore, I obey them. The unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Hello? That, That last verse is something special, right? The implication is clear. The psalmist knows that what God says leads to the fullness of life, a thriving life, a life where our purpose and identity is known, a life where the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Solomon continues this theme throughout the wider book of Proverbs as well. Chapter 8, verse 10 to 11 says, Choose my instruction, God speaking, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom was more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare to her. Sounds familiar? Chapter 16, verse 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. These scriptures and others like them, Affirm to us that if we sow God's wisdom into our lives, we'll reap a harvest of blessing. If we sow God's wisdom into our lives, we will reap a harvest whose value far outweighs that of silver and gold, the things that were most precious in that day. The reference to her continues the pattern of imagining wisdom as a woman that, that began in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, and as suggested throughout the book of Proverbs, Wisdom is the ability to act on knowledge. It implies the opportunity, but but not the guarantee for someone to make godly choices. A person can possess wisdom, but fail to follow it. And the book of Ecclesiastes demonstrates that Solomon didn't always act according to wisdom. There is choice involved. I guess the question we might want to ask ourselves as we start 2023 is whether we really want God's wisdom. I guess we need to ask ourselves whether we really trust God's wisdom. Fundamentally, do we want to put our faith into action? If so, then God's word contains all the wisdom we need to navigate every situation we face. As Jesus himself said in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 25 to 27, 
All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I like what the psalmist also writes in chapter 119, verse 92 to 93. The psalmist writes, If your instruction hadn't been my delight, I would have died because of my suffering. I will never forget your precepts. Again, imagine saying that. I mean, that's the power of God's wisdom right there. God's wisdom means that when we've exhausted our attempts to rationalize and theorize and philosophize and get all the answers that we think we can find ourselves, His wisdom will fill in all the gaps we've created through our own attempts. It's always been the case. It'll always be the case. Think about what you might need wisdom for this year. And I'll give you a money-back guarantee that God's wisdom will give you that direction if you're open to hearing it. So maybe we could combine these two resolutions and instead of saying that we'll accept that the Lord knows best and we'll seek his wisdom to gain understanding and life from it, we could perhaps say this. With God's wisdom in our heart, we'll accept that his correction is good for us because it helps us see the potential of life through the lens of life's author. I think this could be a very good resolution to embrace this year. As we finish, I'd like us to listen to a song by Chris Tomlin, a popular songwriter. It's a song called I Will Rise. The lyrics of the first verse say, There's a peace I've come to know, though my heart and flesh may fail. There's an anchor for my soul. I can say, it is well. This is the kind of peace that Jesus said he came to offer when we are reminded by the Holy Spirit of everything that Jesus said, recorded in the Bible for us. Taking those words into our life is wisdom. Allowing him to correct our hearts and our actions is a, is a reflection of embracing God's wisdom and being able to say, it is well. When we say those words, that, that's the fruit of correction and wisdom. As we listen, there'll be a bunch of scriptures on the screen to read and to reflect on. I want to encourage you to take some time to hear what the Spirit might be saying to you, as I'll be thinking about what the Spirit might be saying to us. At the conclusion of the song, it'll be the end of our service. Thanks for joining us. I want to encourage you to take some time this week, maybe go for a walk, maybe do whatever is good for you to create some space in your life. To think about what wisdom you might need this year. Or what you might need to change. What you might need to be corrected on. And have the courage to hear what God might be saying about the actions that you need to take. And if you need some help with that, we are always available for you. Get in touch with us. Go to our website. There's a myriad of ways of getting in touch with us. We would love to help you, resource you, pray for you care for you, speak truth to you. We would love the Spirit to allow these resolutions that we've been talking about take root in our hearts because we believe in that space we thrive. Let me pray and, and then we'll listen to the song. 
Father, we thank you for wisdom literature, in particular the book of Proverbs, and in particular this month, Proverbs chapter 3. There is so much richness in there. But they are all challenging. We've got six points already this month, each one of them challenging in themselves. I pray that you'd help us to discern what is right for our lives in the season that we're in and help us to identify what actions we need to take to grow closer to being part of your will for us. We thank you that you only want the very best for us. You want us to thrive. You want us to be able to navigate the challenges that we face right now and the challenges that we might face this year. That your word speaks into every one of those challenges. So might we think about ways that we can get more of your word into our lives and more understanding, more wisdom, more application of your word. We thank you that you don't abandon us, that you're with us every step, even when we make mistakes. God, we thank you that you are present with us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, let's listen to the song. Take some time to reflect. God bless. Look forward to joining with you next week. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz, and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.